Hoang, uh, Hoang Po would say you can't use the mind to seek the mind. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. In recovery, we talk about self can't get out of self. So what does that mean or what does that imply? Well, there's a statement in Zen where they talk about if you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him. And the people go, oh, that's harsh. It's not so nice. You should venerate the Buddha. But in a sense, by venerating the Buddha outside of yourself, you may be denying the Buddha that you are. That's the little trick. So if you throw your own Buddhahood, if you don't mean what, if you don't have a sense what that means, let's say Christ consciousness, there's a lot of different ways, but if you throw that onto someone else, in a way, it's not doing, it's not serving you, yes? So if you make him or her the Buddha, you may be uh, affirming that you're not, yes? So, all right, there's a, there's a specialized located Buddha, and I'm not there. I haven't done what they've done. I'm not demonstrating the great qualities they're, they're demonstrating, so therefore I'm not that. That's not available to me, but let's say through them. Yeah? That's, a floor of, that's a floor of the mind, or a mistake of the mind. So it says, when you see the Buddha on the street, shoot him, so that you'll be left with you. Yeah? You'll be left with you, and then find out what that is. Instead of being so sure of the Buddha, find out who you are, or what you are. And so they go, he says, you can practice for eons in this template of mind trying to seek mind and nothing will happen. (laughs) The results will be nil. You can seek eons trying to find the Buddha with the Buddha and nothing will happen. This is is meant to save us time. It's meant to sort of allow us... uh, Instead of having to take 30 extra squares to get to that realization, they're trying to save you the time and say, hey, this is what's going to happen if you pursue mind with mind. This is what's going to happen if you pursue Buddha with the Buddha. This is what's going to happen if you pursue light with light. The question is, where where, and what are you? Yeah, Not what light is and Buddha is and that, but what you are. So let's say in self, Self, selfing is a mental state, that, but it claims to be your state. Yeah, you, the mental state is being claimed to be the the being state. Yeah, this is what I am, how I'm perceived through my apparatus. Yeah, that's what I am. So when you use when the when the mental state is taken to the being state, taken to be the being state, what can what can it possibly look for? Yeah, it may be looking for itself but it's looking for itself as a mental state. Yeah. So then that mental state now will try to do doing and having to get into a state of being, but all it can produce is another mental state. Yeah. So selfing, trying to get out of self, is selfing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it goes. So this is like, a, and it's one size fits all. There's no exemptions. He's talking about mind itself. The, the movement of mind. And there's no exceptions. Yeah? There's no personal exception that it's going to work for you when it comes up against this principle. Yeah? So what, what, what does one do? Well, maybe you have to sit with that information. To me, it's like, it can be sensed like a pause. Or let's say if someone, if you read a book that seems to be uh, 
inspirational and you hear a statement such as self can't get out of self, it can stop the selfing. And when the selfing is stopped, the raw mind or the virgin mind or let's say your unconditional mind rises and it's what entertains that information. That self can't get out of self. And usually when it entertains, it doesn't increase the thoughts, it actually ceases them and you're in a pause. And then information is downloading concerning what you just ran into. A statement like self can't get out of self or you can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. And then a download occurs. And that download is the message in a way. Yeah? Because it's now going to seek expression through you. So if something is worth its salt, like a statement by St. Francis when he says, what's looking is what you're looking for, that can stop the mind. Not the mind, but the conditional mind. When the conditional mind stops, what receives that information is raw mind. And it can do something with it. It can translate it into your own life and, and its expression will be on some level a traveling lighter. Yeah, that's what happens. If the, if the self claims the knowledge, it's talked about in recovery where uh, self-knowledge avails us nothing. Hey, what the hell is that about? We seem to be trying to get knowledge all the time. But he's not saying knowledge avails you nothing. It's self-knowledge. So knowledge that's been claimed by self will, not, will avail you nothing. Yeah. It won't lead you to freedom from self. That's the statement. If, you hit, if that hits you, what happens is that selfing that's trying to use that statement to get an advantage ceases or stops, and then the raw mind is there, which is because it's never left, and the raw mind receives that little invitation, and it actually does something with it. It doesn't make it into anything. It just allows it to trigger what it is. So the raw mind gets stimulated. Not the message, but the raw mind. Yeah, Not the invitation, but the mind itself that's receiving the invitation. It gets stimulated, and you're the expression of that. You either are the, you either are the expression of conditional mind or mind. Yeah? And so when that expression occurs, you have a sense of it. Maybe it's called a sense of presence, or you feel a new power flow in, or... Uh, you, you sense the conscious presence of that energy, whatever. There's a lot of ways of describing it, but that's the, that's the, the obvious expression of raw mind. Yeah? Now, what happens with the conditional mind is it rises up quickly and tries to claim that and says, I'm the one who heard that. I'm the one who's reading this message. Self can't get out of self. And now it, does it, it uses that message to do what? Not to free the mind from the bondage of self, but to reinforce the idea of being the self that's bound. So just like enlightenment. Enlightenment means the cessation of all suffering. It means all suffering ceases. All suffering ceases. Yeah? Yet, if the conditional mind hears that idea of enlightenment, it can possibly use it to produce more suffering. Yeah? Because you'll keep pointing out to yourself you're not enlightened. You know, you've got a long way to go. Lots of purification. You're never going to get there. So now the idea of enlightenment, claimed by selfing, is used to stir up the mind. Not to bring about a cessation of suffering, but to increase suffering. Yeah. So the main movement of selfing, which is a mental process, yeah, selfing. If there is no self, you're giving it too much credit to even believe there's a self. So selfing is an activity of a mental process. And what, is it, what it does is it assumes there's a self, it implies there's a self, 
It infers there's a self. It insinuates there's a self. It's like the finger constantly pointing to an imaginary moon. Yeah? Now, the, condition, the mind sees that, falls under the spell of it, and it makes the leap into being the moon that's being pointed at. So now every time an action occurs through the body, there's a feeling like you're the actor. When a system of the body, of the brain, called thoughts, is noticed, you believe you're the thinker of it. You're the doer of those thoughts. Somehow you're the one that's thinking. <laughs> I have many bad thoughts. No, you don't. And I have some really good ones. No, you don't. The freedom isn't by just having good thoughts. It's realizing you're not the thinker. Yeah? Then the thoughts can do what they're doing. They're like a popcorn maker where all the ingredients are given into the machine by the daily experiences. So thoughts pop up. Yeah? They cook. What the hell? Where is the leap that you're the thinker of those? When you were a kid, were you worrying like when you were two years old and you were doing something? that your mother would construe as being bad, no guilt was arising in you, was it? You had to learn it. You had to learn that it was wrong, and in that it being wrong, you were wrong. Yeah. The, the, the reinforcement and the development of a freaking mental idea that has captured our interest and attention began then. The selfing started to happen, and suddenly where you were a kid and you were playing, and you weren't... There was no possibility you were going to be worrying about next week because time hadn't set in yet. Yeah? You, went, you were not under the constraints of time. When you were playing, that was all there was. And it wasn't because you worked really hard to make it so. It was just obviously so. There was no thought about it. Yeah? Then after a bit of time, then the idea of time became influential. And now you could be playing, but your mind be worrying about, will I be playing next week? Yeah? And that, that concern will ruin the playing. Yeah? How much can it be playing if you're worried about it? <laughs> it goes totally against what the expression means. So how does this happen? We grow into this idea, and therefore, if you entertain a possibility that that could never have truly happened, then you don't even have to go through the effort of trying to grow out of it. You realize it was an impossibility that's been entertained. Yeah? So this idea isn't, oh, we're going to tell you where you are, and then we're going to give you a plan. It's going to cost you money. We're going to give you a plan. You've got to send me a check every month. And we guarantee that maybe it doesn't happen this lifetime, but it will happen that you'll be freed from this place. You'll be able to leave this place and never go back. Now, it's not obviously not going to happen today because you haven't sent me enough checks yet. But if you stay with this process, meditate with me. Not with me. I'll be having a latte, but you'll be in the room <laughs> meditating. I'll be watching hockey or something. But then I'll come in and give a little talk and a lot of uh, announcements about the next intensive to sign up for. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's going to be bigger and better next month. It'll be quieter, more silence. <laughs> more epiphanies will be had. Last month we had five epiphanies. Next month, ten epiphanies. Well, no, this idea is that you were never in what you're trying to get out of. That's the beauty of it. You, are, you were never in, will never be in, never can be in what you believe you're trying to get out of. Yeah? What would that do? Find out. What it did with me, it, st it stopped that drive to get out of what I can't be in. Why do you think all your 
your escapes have been a failure because of you? No, because of the system. You can't get out of a place you're not in. And if you look at it from afar, all the trying to escape it is the affirmation of the place that you think you're in. That's the only relevance it gets by you trying to move away from it. It has no relevance whatsoever. Except you're moving away from it. Now it's deemed to be, that's where I don't want to be. Yeah. What happens if you can't get out of what you're in, which is this moment, and you can't get into what you've never been in? You can't get out of what you can never be in, which is self. Yeah. So you're trying to get into something you can't be out of, which is the moment. You can't be out of a moment. Every moment of your life, you've been there. There's not one moment of what you call your life that you weren't there. Yeah? So there's no reason to try to get into the moment. Why not just entertain the possibility you can't be out of the moment? And then, the, conversely, you're trying to get out of this thing, let's say self, that seems to be driving you crazy, but I'm saying there's no place called self that you're in. Yeah? The feeling of selfing is the feeling that you're the one that's being driven crazy by it. Yeah? The feeling of selfing isn't the selfing. The selfing is just a mental activity. The feeling of, or the product of the selfing is feeling like you're the one that's doing it or you're the one that's being done to by it. Yeah? So the selfing's been driving me crazy today. That's the selfing, the feeling of being the one who's being driven crazy. Or I'm, I've been selfing all day. That's the selfing, the feeling of being the one that's doing it. Yeah? It's not all the other stuff. That's just stuff going on. It's the meaning that's given to the stuff. The stuff that facilitates something to occur. See? The bondage of self couldn't happen unless the conscious contact or the life that you have that's been brought to you by conscious contact hadn't been captured or claimed by the selfing. Yeah. It wouldn't have any evidence to produce this effect of being the one that's doing something unless there was actions that were being done. There would be no way that you could ever have been the feeler unless there was feelings going on. Yeah? There was no way that you would have ever come up with the idea that you're the thinker unless there was thinking going on. Yeah? So what brings about the awareness of thinking and feeling and the actions that occur? You or consciousness? Yeah. What's actually the basis of life? You or conscious contact? Conscious contact implying a movement of consciousness, which is not a thing, through the five gates of the body, hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, and then the sixth gate of the mental process, which is seeing thoughts. Or you Actually, the seeing of thoughts is the herd, yeah? Yeah? Now, that's the conscious contact. What happens with the selfing? It claims to be the one who's conscious, yeah? And then it claims to be the one who's seeing, the one who's hearing, the one who's feeling, the one who's tasting, the one who's touching. Yeah. So now every feeling, every feeling is, implies that there's a feeler. Yeah? You may have thousands of feelings that are registered today, but they'll be claimed to be registered by one feeler, you. This is the product of selfing. Thoughts, all these thousands of thoughts going through the noggin, whatever, it's not going through the noggin, obviously, but all these thousands of thoughts that are rising and are being noticed, yeah? They're, they're deemed to be noticed by one thinker. Yeah? You. You're the, you're, the, you're the spawner of all the thoughts. They're all you. you either they're about you or you did them. <laughs> yeah. so, so now you hear something. 
The hearing, tons of hearing. I hear tons of things all day. But there's only one hearer, yeah? You're deemed or crowned the one who's hearing. That's the, sense, that's the product of the selfing, yeah? That's the selfing. The feeling of being the one that's either doing something or is being done to by something. Yeah? And it uses, the mental process uses, it's risen up and claimed the conscious contact, and it's using the conscious contact to reinforce the idea of being the one. Yeah? You see it. It's so obvious after a while. You see the mind. Look at your thought system. Just look at it. Get a, just a slice of it like for an hour today. How does the thought system present you? When you're thought about. When you are thought about, how are you thought about? Are you thought about as a spirit? Or are you thought about as a body? An action figure. So let's say the thought system is thinking about you. Yeah. Three years ago. How are you pictured in that, the, those thoughts? As a body. Yeah. When you're worrying about you in the future, like three years from now, what, what is representing you in those, that thought, in those thoughts? A body. What else? It can't, it can't think about itself as presence or space because nothing, there's no difference between the space that was seemingly here three years ago and the space now. It, it wouldn't have no able, it couldn't discriminate and make it unique or special. Yeah? But you, <laughs> you were there and you will be there. So just the thought system that seems to be navigating our life has you as a body, yeah? Okay. So now, let's say, can something that isn't so generate a presence? Can something that isn't so generate a presence? Does the generator hum when it's off or when it's on? Does a generator, you know those little engines you hear, like, sometimes... It has to be on to generate a presence, that hum. If it's off, there's no generation of it, yes? All right. Now, if selfing isn't so, how can it seem to be so? If when you were a kid, you didn't have a feeling of being a self, you just had feelings and all the other stuff. You weren't having any of them. They were just happening, yes? And there was no... There was no uh, interloper. There was no hijacker. There was no claiming of it yet. It was just what was going on. And what happened? Was there a sense of self then, when you were nine months old? Or have you ever looked into a baby? Does it does it say, "Oh, it's Fred"? Does it, you know, does it acknowledge who it is? Hey, you're looking at me, Fred. Yes. Does it? Or when you see their eyes? No. That's usually not what's being transmitted. Eh? There's just an awareness there, and it's very, very freaking attractive. <laughs> What happened? So the sense of self had to be produced. And it wasn't produced once, let's say, in Des Moines, Iowa. You know, it's produced, it's being produced all day. Because for it to have a sense of being on, that sense of being on has to be produced. It just doesn't come naturally. It doesn't have any force to emit. It's not transmitting anything. It's not putting out any emission, uh, any light. Yeah? It's an idea. So what happens? So the selfing, to have a feeling of being here, has to be remembered. So how is it remembered? The thought provokes it 
by thinking about you in the past, but what enlivens that you in the past is you now. The you that you're not. The mind now enlivens that you in the past. You think it's you. So while you're thinking about you three years ago, you're actually remembering the self now. Yeah? It doesn't have, it can't emit its own force. It doesn't have any ability to self-generate. So it has to be remembered, yeah? Same thing when it's thought about in the future. You don't see it, but the mental process is using thoughts about how good or bad it's going to be for you, not to remember you then, but to remember you now. Yeah? You never remember you three years ago. You're remembering you now by thinking of three years ago. (laughs) But what's being remembered is now. (laughs) This is the bondage of self. Why are you so captivated by you in the past and you in the future? Only for one reason, your mind thinks it's you. You're not captured by almost anyone else on the planet. You're bored stiff if someone comes over to your house and starts complaining about what's going to happen to them five years from now. For like, you're bored in five minutes. But you've been listening to that radio station for 40 years. Totally, totally excited to hear the next broadcast about what happened to me and what's going to happen to me. (laughs) Why is that? What makes it so enticing if it's about you and not that enticing if it's about someone else? About you. Yeah. So if you try to lose interest in it, as it, that's trying to use the Buddha to find the Buddha. Yeah? So if you want if if you try to get out of self as self, it won't work. But what happens if is if you lose interest in the premise that you're that self? If you lose interest in the premise that it's you, your interest attention won't go back three years. It won't go and try to kick some recognition of you in those embers. And it won't be interested truly about what's going to happen to me five years from now. Yeah? So in 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 an extent, when the self isn't remembered, it's not so for you. Just like when you do something you love. Like for me, it's surfing. When I'm surfing, my mind is not engaged in remembering when I was surfing four years ago or remembering that when I'm going to be surfing three years from now. So there's no remembrance of self going on. So I'm in, I'm in the absence of that activity. You want to call it forgetting of self. And in that forgetting of self, you feel fucking pretty good. Yeah. Now you want to pin it on surfing? You're making a big mistake. You're making it based on outside circumstances and situations. Why not pin it right where it needs to be pinned on where you are? Yeah. If there's a forgetting of self, that's why St. Francis said it. He says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn or something. Yes. Or a great Zen master, Dojin, said, to study all of Buddhism is to study the self. And to study the self is to forget the self. Because if you study the selfing, you'll realize it's not you, and when the you is taken out of it, it's fucking boring to remember that idea all freaking day. It gets freaking boring, and now you're interested in attention. Instead of wedded, wedded to that slavery of having everything bent to how it appears to you, or how it, what it means to you, you're freed from that slavery. Yeah. Now the interest and attention is right here, right now, not engaged in this slavery, but open to receiving what's going on now. Yeah. So you finally feel like you're freaking alive, 
And then you realize that's what you've been missing. That's why every time I shot dope, it was trying to get out of self. And none of it freaking worked. Because the, the premise was, what was going on was self was trying to get out of self, and it's an impossibility. You can't get out of what you're not in. I don't care if the map's 5,000 years old or it's the newest New Age idea. You can't get out of what you're not in. And you cannot get into, you cannot get into what you're out of. Yeah? Same way. And you can't get out of, you can't get into this moment because you're not out of it. How many people bought those books, How to Get Into the Moment? How many? They were big sellers. No one read the whole book, usually. And they were just waiting for the next edition, How to Really Get Into the Moment. And then it was like, there was the special edition. If you bought the first two, you could buy the, how to get the turbocharged experience of being in the moment. They all based on an insane presence that you can be out of the moment. Why not go that way? Why, why just start questioning what's been taken to be possible and see that it's totally impossible? <laughs> what's going to happen? Find out. To know it would mute it. It would neuter it. But finding out is, is fucking enriching. It's a true form of knowledge. But it's based on I don't know. There's got to be a sense of of giving up the failed system of knowledge, which is from that self-centeredness, that conditionality, and open up to true knowledge, which is I don't know. Because then you're relegated to find out. That knowledge is going to express itself through you. Yeah? You're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. You will understand the word serenity and comprehend peace. In other words, it's not like the old idea of peace. You'll have a tactile sense of what peace is for you. Yeah? The you that you're not, you know? It's actually the peace as you. It becomes undeniable. It's like an unspoken yes. You find the true authority, and the authority isn't after years of trying to gain knowledge. It's prior to knowledge. That's where the true authority lies. It's in your own freaking gut. It's in, the, in, in that place where you know before you know, yeah? You hear something like this message, and, it's, and it provokes an aha, that's the whole entirety of the scripture of that message. That aha. That's it. That's page zero all the way to 8,000 pages. That's the whole message. That aha. The raw mind has uh, revealed itself. Boom. Yeah. And then what happens? You'll find out. I don't know what's going to happen. That's sort of the fun of it. Yeah. You'll have a seat assignment, but the seat assignment isn't like your name is engraved in gold here. The seat assignment, there's, a, there's, a, there's constantly a game of musical chairs going on, and the music stops quite a lot, and you get up, and you walk around, and then you sit down when it starts again, or whatever, and you may end up at the same chair, but there's, it's no one's chair, yeah? It's not, oh, this is Paul's spot. There's no Paul, and there's no spot. So when the claiming, when the claiming is cutting off, everything can be as it is. That's including you. Yeah. You can be as you truly are. Instead of being the owner of the seeing and be deemed a seer, you'll just you'll have a true sense of the act of seeing. Yeah. Instead of being the hearer every time anything's heard, you'll be attending to the hearing. 
Yeah. Instead of constantly every feeling being construed to point to you as the feeler, you'll just have the freaking feeling. And what happens is you get back to their true nature, which is they come and go. Yeah. It's simple as this. This bottle, this bottle can be used by selfing. Yeah. Now, it can use things on different degrees because of the importance they have. So this doesn't have much importance. Yeah. But here's the bottle. Everyone sees it. But the bottle with the mental process by just a simple word, my bottle. Yeah. Now this bottle is being pointed to the owner of the bottle. Yeah. Isn't it? Here's a bottle, bottle, bottle. But then one of us goes, my bottle. Now it's like this. The bottle now is pointing to the one who has the bottle. You don't see it? Every thought that's held as yours is being used to indicate the you the doer, the haver, the thinker. Every one of them. Every one of them is fulfilling your own seeming bondage. All day. Every thought, if held as mine, is being used to point to that imaginary moon. Every feeling held as yours is being used to point. Every action held as I did it is being, is using, is being used to point to the doer. Every one of them. There is no bondage. There's only seeming bondage. It's appearing to be true or false to us. Yeah? When you're under that illusion, it feels like you're the doer. So every action in, enforces the sense of being the doer. Every thought, you're the thinker. Every feeling, you're the feeling. And there's lots of feelings and lots of thoughts and there's lots of actions happening. Yeah? And that's the glue that the mental process is attempting to apply to convince the mind that it's something that it's not. Yeah. It can happen, but it can seem to happen. And the word seemingly is pretty important because it means it, means it appears to be true or false to us. Yeah. It's an incredibly important word here because basically everything is appearing to be true or false to us. If something, How can something that... How can this be a problem on Monday when I'm not feeling good? And on Tuesday, I'm feeling good. It's not a problem. And on Wednesday, I'm not feeling good. It's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It seems, its meaning seems to be based on my condition. <laughs> yeah. Or in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. If something seems so real... And it isn't. How can it? How can it seem so real? It can't produce the reality, can it? If something's false, how can it actually be true? It can't produce reality. What's lending it the reality? Is it getting it from itself, or are you lending it the reality? Is the reality of what you are being hijacked by the feeling of who you are? Is that giving the meaning of these to these things? The Course in Miracles would say so. They would say that you and I are the dreamer of this dream. We've given every as and we forgot that we're dreaming this dream. And in the forgetting of that, we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. It's a beautiful statement. You and I, not as Paul and Jim, this is the conveyor of the meaning. Mind is giving it the meaning. This is, mind has given this a meaning. And it's called me. Yeah. That's a totally contrived meaning that mind's given it. So here's you and I as mind are the dreamer of this dream. We're giving everything, and we forgot that we're dreaming the dream. And how do we forget that we're dreaming the dream? By remembering we're a dreamt object. 
Yes? A historical figure. I was there, I will be there, therefore I am here. That's the activity of how we forget that we're the dreamer is by remembering that we're the dreamt object. In the remembering of being the dreamt object, we forget that we're the dreamer and where, what, where does that throw us? That everything we've dreamt, every, in other words, everything we've given meaning to, now, now can slap us with that meaning we gave it. Yeah? So let's say I give some woman the meaning of being the fairy princess and when she leaves me, it's going to have much bigger impact than I was if I was just having a casual affair with someone. Yeah, the same event. Two women leave me in my life at two different times. One, eh, no big deal. The other, fucking earth shattering. The one, the one has left me. I had a guy I worked with in Australia, and he had this woman he was with, very nice lady for a couple of years, but he was basically not giving her much attention and everything. She finally got wise and left him. And as soon as she left him, he calls me up and says. The source of all my happiness has left. I said, well, you weren't really partaking from that source when she was around. But now, now that she's gone, you have the revelation. She was the source of all your happiness. You don't see it? That wasn't a revelation in the active part of the relationship. But when it's gone, the mind goes, man, I can squeeze this lemon like unbelievably. That was the most, she's the one. And I have no recourse of ever seeing her again. And he attempted to kill himself, which is, which is sad. He didn't. But you could see in the believing of that, in believing, in forgetting that you're the dreamer and taking yourself to be the dreamt object, you can give a lot of meaning to all of these things to have a huge effect over you. So are you going to wait for a savior? You know, is someone going to come and, and flip the switch? Or are you going to entertain the possibility of not what you are, but what you're not? And in the seeing of what you're not, you may start finding out what you are. And then you'll have that new freedom and new happiness. And you will be able to comprehend the word serenity. And you will know peace. Yeah? Not as a commodity or something you attempted to buy or capture, but you'll know it. Yeah? Know it as you. Then it's, then it's frequent possibility of taking flight in your life won't be frequent anymore. You won't believe that your mental condition, this mental condition, this yapping, this moving back and forth, can block you off from the sunlight of the spirit. You'll realize instead of being in this position where I'm receiving the sun, a meager little cloud could come and pass and block me off from it. But that same mind could see it's on the sun side. It would also notice all the clouds, but not one of them would have the ability to block it off from the sun, would it? Just find out what you're not. Mind will find out where it is. Mind will reveal everything. You don't have to try to coax it or try to cough it up or you know, speed up the process. Don't squeeze it to get some fucking ultimate truth. It will, it will reveal itself. Yeah? In your own circumstances, be it in Marin City with an ammonia-soaked room and, you know, sirens or in the hills of Tibet. Yeah? It doesn't matter the location.
You start outshining your circumstances and situation instead of being defined by them all day. Yeah? Or in recovery, it says, hey, you've got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But when I came in, I thought my ass was my face. So this is like a spiritual anatomy class. Yeah? Save your freaking ass. You know, when I got loaded, you know, I did drugs and alcohol the first time. There was a strong irritability, restlessness, and discontent. And I didn't know why or what, but when I, when I had my first drink, I knew that was the answer. Now, I didn't know it before. Guy just came in and dug out at a, at a Little League game at night, and he gave me a beer. But as soon as I drank it, and I had the effect of it, I knew that's what I was looking for. This is sort of like this, in a way. Yeah? You realize you don't want enlightenment or fucking all that stuff. You just want to be satisfied. You'd like to have an ease and comfort in your own skin, yeah. And if that would be, if, if that would become available, uh, if that became obvious and available, all these pursuits that you're calling so noble would probably screech to a halt. You would now just be entertaining the possibility that you're the ever-present part of yeah, you, this life. That's what happened with me. I had a lot invested. The last thing on the block was I wasn't good at almost anything. I was a house painter, and I wasn't really that good. So I became a good spiritual seeker. I swear, I could out-meditate a lot of people. I'd be the last one up at the meditation hall. And if it was a 10-day retreat, I'd stay two extra days. Yeah? And I was having tons of spiritual phenomena going on. And I had the loving gaze, and oh, people would stop me on buses. Oh, you're so bright. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> I've been, I've been around. I've seen all the Vogue caves this year. In the Himalayas, yes. Kutis in Thailand. Yeah. There was a fundamental flaw, and that's what I've been attempting to share today. I was using self to get out of self, and all I got was being more in self. Yeah. Now I had a more slipperier, slipperier self, which was one in like uh, Teflon robes instead of uh, tattoos and leather jackets. Yeah. <laughs> It looked like a much more admirable self. <laughs> but it was still bondage, and you were still protecting its fucking image and everything else all day. Yeah? Everything was precarious. If you made one slip-up, if you showed one desire, your whole little resume would be ripped. <laughs> this is much, much more relaxing. This isn't like, uh, has nothing to do with vigilance or concentration. It's more like an open aperture, relaxed. You're mostly like a free-range person, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're more like a roaming instead of uh, purposefully, you know, marching. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if you were happy, the pursuit of happiness would look different, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be like a leisurely walk. You wouldn't really care that much. <laughs> Why would you pursue something you're already available to? <laughs> I want more. <laughs> I want to own it. Well, if you own it, something owns you. Look at what's happened to you. You own the thoughts, and then the thoughts own you, don't they? You own the feelings, and now the feelings own you. You own the actions, and they definitely own you. There's so much guilt and shame built on that branch of ownership. 
Where does all the guilt and shame that's nestling in your little crevices up there, where does it come from? What, where the, what gives it the ability to thrive in that setting? It's the Petri dish of doership. Yeah. You own the thoughts, they own you. You own the feelings, they own you. You own the actions, they'll own you. You're already set in, you've already been imprisoned by, because of what you've done or not done. And you're basically doing time here. Really. No one's going to break you out of that jail because you, can't, you truly believe you deserve it. You had the itch, you scratched it, you should suffer. Yeah. It's all based on this sense of being the one, the doer, the haver, the thinker, the feeler. And it has us defined in a little box like a marathon runner in a closet. Yeah. We're just running around the same old, same old. And, you know, they paint different scenery every few laps so it looks different, you know. Instead of Sue, it's Mary, but it's the same patterns going on and on and on. You know, instead of having Fido, now you have Biff as a dog, but it's, you know, it's the same, same. It gets so fucking boring, we're apt to do anything. Yeah. Called being enslaved, or the obsession, or the, please relieve us of the obsession of self. Yeah. Now, if it was obsession to self, it would work. You could find a someone who could see this is the self and this is you, and you're handcuffed to it, and they could break you out. And you would obviously walk away from the chair because there would be a distinct realization it's not you. Yeah. So you'd be freed from the bondage to this self, to this chair. Yeah. You'd leave, and there would be all right. I know that's not me, and this is me, and that would be a sufficient to give you some space. But it doesn't say bondage to, it says bondage of, which is totally different. Bondage of is an activity. So we're here, and we're seemingly in the chair, but when we get up, we take the chair with us, because we think we're the chair. So we're trying to get relief from the chair as the chair. Yeah? (laughs) How's it working? In other words, you want to get out of what the sense of self is producing, but you want to get out of it as the sense of self. So you want to be there to enjoy its absence. <laughs> you don't see it? You want to be there to enjoy being, having the experience of being absent of self. If it's an experience, it's not worth any fucking thing. So many people have experiences of being free from the bondage of self. Let's say 10.30 in the morning, they feel pretty good. They're experiencing being freed from that bondage. 10.35, something happens, they're now bonded to self. 11, they make a call, they do some service, now they're experiencing being free from the bondage self. 11.08, they get some bad news, now they're up the ass of self again. Yes? So they go on and on, because now the experience of being free from the bondage of self is being enjoyed by a state of mind. Yeah? The self. The self thing's enjoying being freed and, and then bound, and freed and bound, and freed and bound, and freed and bound. Yeah. Yeah. What happens is, if you see you're not that, that's that. All experiences come and go, but the state is much more available. Yeah. So now you're in the state of being freed from the bondage of self, just like in AA, the highest form of something is surrender. Well, let's say you take it a little farther and now you're surrendered, yeah? You're not going through this, oh, I surrendered and then something important came up, I took it back, you know, and then it didn't work, so I had the chance to surrender my life again, but then I met a girl, I took it back. Yeah, that's an experience of surrender. 
Yeah? But the state of surrender, you would call it surrendered, is much diff- different. It's not, as, it's not as exciting. Yeah? There's not those moments of being on the cliff with the wind blowing your hair and, you know, you're, you're surrendering. Okay, I give it up. And, you know, the, the sun breaks out and the seagulls sing or something. No, no, this is just dog shit being free all day. Yeah? It's not exciting. You can't even convince anyone anything's really cool going on with you. You don't have an account book for it, and they add a couple of zeros behind it. All it is is zeros. The whole account is zero. <laughs> There's never, never an addition or a subtraction. <laughs> but, in fact, you're free. Yeah. You're available now, and you're present. And to me, that makes you of service. With no thought or effort on your part, really. You've done all the thinking and efforting you probably needed to do. Seriously, you've way overdone it. <laughs> this is really, this is the idea of putting down the rock prior to that event, realizing you never picked it up. Yeah? You never picked up the rock. It's just, it just has appeared that way to you. It can't appear that way. When you're really fucked up, is it appearing that way to everybody? Probably not. Yeah? Sometimes people look really good, and yet, if you talk to them, they're totally insane that moment. Yeah? But you wouldn't notice it. You would say, hey, they appear to be fine to me. But in them, something that isn't so is appearing to be so. In your relation to them, that isn't appearing to be so to you. You see them as, oh, they seem fine. But in them, they're in an exquisite hell. How could that be? How could that be a real hell if it, is, if it isn't hell for all? Yeah? How could it be a real hell if it's only if it's if it's only your own little private Idaho hell? You know, you're the only one that's in that hell. Is it hell then, or is it something that isn't so appearing to be so? And what's causing it to appear to be so? You. You're the only thing that can breathe life to it. It doesn't have a life in and of itself. It just shows up, and you make it what it is. You can breathe in seriousness to it, it's going to fucking slap you around. You can breathe in, in you know, temporality, it's going to come and go, and you'll travel lighter with it. Yeah. Do you want that as an effort, or do you want it as a, just an appropriate response based on where your mind's resting? The latter is the better way. Everything else would be practiced then. Yeah. This is just, you become appropriate. Blue becomes blue and red becomes red. You see things clearly now. There's no confusion around it. I have confusions like where where did I leave the keys? You know, I don't have confusions about these giant metaphysical questions. <laughs> They're totally insane to me. <laughs> They're as simple as simple can be. You are what you're looking for. You are the only reality there is here. Everything else is seeming to be so to you. You're the one that gives it the meaning. So if something seems real, it can only be coming from, that, that means reality must have lent it to it. Yeah? If reality wakes up, what does it wake up to? Its own reality? It won't see this as real. If it's asleep about its own reality, this is going to be what's real. Yeah? Is it inherently real? No. It just appears to be. But what brings it about? It appears to you. You are it. 
I know. I'd much rather blame it on central you know, office in Des Moines, Iowa. That's what's producing the illusion. No, there's no illusion. There's you. Yeah. So what happens? If, you are, if you're here today, I bet you today, Saturday, isn't what's bothering you. It's last Wednesday or next month, yeah? Or this Wednesday, because Christmas, yeah? has a lot of meaning, yeah? Most days that are ruined are never ruined by the day that you're in. They're usually ruined by another day. <laughs> How could that possibly happen? How could something that's not going on have such an influence in what's going on? Unless the thing that's truly the only thing going on is allowing it to occur. What else? How could something that's not happening produce an effect now? Tell me. Want an answer to that? No. Just sit in the mind. Let the raw mind come up. Yeah? Feel what, it's like, feel what it's like not to be seeking to know, but to know, to see from knowing. Instead of using seeing to look for seeing, to see from seeing. Yeah? The greatest point of receiving knowledge is in the pause, when you're not attempting to approach it or cling it or grasp it. It's when you're open that's when it's dumped in. Yeah? These are just ideas to fucking hopefully tickle that aspect of your mind that has fallen, seemingly fallen asleep by this incredible time bombardment of selfing all day. See the hijack. If you see the... Yes? Question. Flip it around. Like, next, next week's not bothering me, last week's not bothering me, and I'm in the now. And things aren't going well. And I show up here last minute. So, what's your insight on that? Well, the, what's, whatever was going on that wasn't going well, it seems to be going well now. It is. But. Yeah. But, see? <laughs> see, that's where time's brought in again. You see that? See, that but is when the world begins. Oh, I really love this meaning, but... It was, I was really fucked up earlier. Why keep paying credence to that all fucking day? Yeah. Let's say something's fine right now. Why do I want to bring in, but it won't be fine at 5 o'clock? Do you don't see the allegiance to time? You want to have a, a timeless experience, yet you're pledging allegiance to time. All day. You don't notice it, but we're doing it all day. People are in this event, and it may be fine, but it's being bookended to something that isn't happening and something that isn't happening. And this becomes the biggest value of what's happening. Yeah? This Saturday is more weighed by tomorrow than it is today. And this moment right now is more weighed by what was, you, what was happening to you five minutes ago. Instead of, of you could arrive here and just go... Yeah? In other words, it's appropriate to run when there's something after you. But it ain't appropriate to run when nothing's after you. Right now, nothing's after you. Take the opportunity to relax and pause. But most of us can't because the, the slavery of time is pushing us to a bigger, better afternoon or something, yes? 
I got to go home and read a book to contradict what this guy said so I can be right. I don't care if I'm wrong or right. This is a freaking invitation. I don't care if you, I don't care at all. I'm impelled to share it. This is an invitation. You're the message. This is, there's no product being served here. You're the message. Yeah. If I can irritate you, I find irritations better than soothing, loving, patting, and gazing. I swear to God. I like a little irritation. I like people to disturb my little apple cart because it's fucking skewed. Yeah. <laughs> so I swear, you know how many times I hear that? People love, oh, I'm feeling so, I feel the presence so much, but next Tuesday. It's like that thing Jesus said, you can't serve two masters at the same time. Time or non-time? Which one? Timelessness or time? Which one are you serving? I'll tell you, the mental process is serving time. Just watch its demonstration. Yeah? Unconditional mind is timelessness. Yeah? You can't serve masters, two masters at the same time. There you go. You can find, hey, how are you? Good. Yeah? You need to talk to me? All right. time. <laughs> you don't feel it like something moving you? If you feel, it's like almost like your mental back. Don't you feel like something's pushing you from this moment to the next moment? As if it's a linear, it's like, like a linear like a, a, a natural current that's p- not a natural current, like a mental current, but's pushing you to the next better, m- bigger moment. You don't feel that sometimes? 
almost as a descriptive picture. It's like a hand in your back. So even when something's really good, you're being moved out of the frame, so to speak, moving to the next frame. It's like being in an art gallery, never able to stop in front of a picture and really dwell there because you're on like a sidewalk, one of those moving sidewalks at the airport. You're just being moved to the like pay credence or pay homage to the next four hours later, you know, or next Tuesday or next month, yeah? And it always seems to speed up your, your worshiping at the moment of now. Yeah? You always, you know, feel that like a bookend of time that this moment that we call the here is more like a mental here and that mental here is chock full of yesterday and tomorrow. So the major influences in this here and the mental here is time, yeah? So you may be on a, in a parade right now, but you think the parade that's a block later is going to be rained on, and the parade three blocks before was definitely rained on. So you can't really enjoy the sunniness of the parade, yeah? Because you've got a, it's bookended by bad weather. So let's say of a mind, like many of our minds, if you're having a good time today, it usually gets there's an unrest that arises, yeah? You feel like, when's this going to end? Or when are they going to find out I don't deserve it? Or somehow, there's a questioning of what, when something's going good, yeah? Usually, the same mind, if something happens that's bad, it's elongated. It says, oh, this is going to last for fucking ever, yeah? So you have a real feeling, let's say, when you're depressed, that you're always going to be depressed. You very rarely have that feeling when you're feeling elation, that you're always going to be elated, Yeah? When you're always elated, it's going to be very fleeting. But when you're depressed, it's going to be really long-lasting. You don't see the theme of it as in the mind? That that theme is, is like one of the archetypes of the interpretation. So you're going to swim in that current all the time. So the good will be shortened and the bad will be elongated. Yeah, you tend to sort of relax in a weird way and sort of succumb to the depression. Yeah, but the elation produces like fidgetiness. You start getting anxious. You can't really drop into the peace, but you can easily drop into its opposite. Yeah, and hunker down and isolate. Never go out. No more calls. Don't go anywhere. And it just all your actions actually almost like fulfill the prophecy that you are going to be depressed forever. Yeah. But the elation, i got to get rid of this as soon as possible. I remember when I used to meditate a lot. When it got really good, I always remembered to do the laundry and stuff. Yeah? As long as the mind was going crazy, I could sit there. But when I went really into the absence of mind, I was got really excited. <laughs> like, i got to get up. i got to do something. While I was getting pummeled, I was okay with that. But once the, the, the horizon of peace showed up, I was like, oh, Let's do something. My laundry. I forgot to put oil in the car. Something. It's hilarious. Yeah? You want to live by that? I mean, just ask yourself these questions without an answer. Just let them hit you and see what, the, what reverberates in you. An answer is a way of deflecting it. Yeah? Just read on it. Just, if that made any sense to you, that you elongate the, the bad and you shorten the good... And then that is being expressed in time, so that means every day, yeah? Every year. It's going to have its effects on the time sequence every day, every month, every year. 
Wouldn't you like to have an influence of an aspect of mind that's not beholden to time? That sees this as the only event that's occurring and is able to receive and transmit that right now? This is like a relaxation you can't produce with 50 Thai massages. You just drop to another level of relaxation you could never know in the mental state. Because the mental state, it just begets agitation with agitation. This is freedom from that or a peace from that. Yeah? So, yeah, that's it. That was a strange little interlude. <laughs> they were thinking I'm a maverick person at this thing. Because the AA group doesn't pay for this, I pay for it. So they were like, she's saying, these guys have been doing this for three years and we didn't know about it? <laughs> Oops, they found us. We have to move next week. No, no. <laughs> it was funny to see the curiosity with... Uh, tweaked with a little incrimination in his face. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I'll be here next week. But January 18th, we won't because there's a funeral here. That's what he came to tell me. January 18th, there won't be any meeting. So I'll put it up on the website. So anybody have any questions today? Yeah. You do? I do. Oh. Doesn't have to be planning. Doesn't uh, doesn't have to be excluded to be here. Planning happens now. Yeah. Its topic may be about a future, but where does planning happen now? <laughs> That's what it's like. So I have my predilections. I don't plan much, but I don't say that I wouldn't present that as a way to go. It's just the predilection of my action figure. I'm not a planner. <laughs> and I've seen this worked out, so it, it sort of uh, motivates less planning. So I had the same feeling that, that I, wasn't, I wasn't before um, thinking about how I retire, but really the point. If we get into should you plan or not, you're missing the forest from the trees. The feeling of being the one who's doing that planning is the bondage of self. Not the planning or the absence of planning. Freedom isn't not planning. It's being the one, it's not being the one who's planning or not planning. That's the freedom. Yeah? Everything else is 
auxiliary after that point. So if you go back, there's a feeling that you're doing it. There's a feeling that you weren't doing it, and you like that better than the thing you're doing now. You were neither the one that wasn't doing it, nor are you the one that's doing it. That's the freedom. That's where it lies. Not in doing or not doing. It's in not being the one who does or not does. Yeah? Both. You're not the one that's doing these great things, and you're not the one that's doing these terrible things. It's freedom from both. You can't have freedom from one and then be identified as the other. It doesn't work. Yeah? That's the freedom. The freedom is, I'm not the one who's planning, and I'm not the one who's not planning. Yeah? There's not a one. (laughs) It's just planning or not planning. And I'll find out in time if that was a good or a bad idea. But it'll definitely not be me that finds out. That's the joy. The joy is your absence, not the absence of things that you do or don't do here. That helps. But the real joy is you're absent inherently. That there isn't a one that's doing it. Yeah? And there isn't a one that's not doing it. Freedom comes from, like, irrelevance in a way. This thing that's, that's taking itself to be so important, it takes itself so important that knowing God is based on it. Yeah? Either you know God or don't know God. You seem to be the one that's running that show. So I would say you're the bigger God than God if you're the one who can say, I don't want to know God and live as if that's seemingly so. Yeah? So that's what... You're you're not that. Yeah? There's no claiming. You don't take a position where you're going to have to fall from. Yeah? You don't climb up so, so you get knocked down. There's just climbing up and getting knocked down. But there's no you. And why? There never was a you. And I can safely predict there isn't going to be a you. That's it. So when someone talks about retirement, of course, you hear it and it pertains to you. And there's the dilemma. (laughs) Because now it has pertained to you. And now you start thinking about retirement. And there's a feeling there is you that's thinking about retirement. And there's this historical twist that there was a you that wasn't thinking about it and you were better off. So I was a better off you when I wasn't thinking about retirement. You see? And all it is is a reinforcement of the basic false present premise. Being free from it or being bound to it. They're both false. The premise is false. There's no one to be free and there's no one to be bound. As soon as it slips that in and it wants to make it all about free and bound. You know? Good and bad. Close and far, connected, unconnected. And it loves to get into a debate about that. Because that's where its spores get blown. And now you're there in the past. And and then there's others there in the past and future. And it's like time. You want to get right before that happens and just cut it off. And I missed it for a second. And it was going to turn into therapy. I knew it. And that's one thing I don't like. So thank God I found my uh, Dharma sword and cut it off right away and let's get back to the basic point there isn't a you so yeah the deal you know planning and not planning will work itself out but the you the sense of you will try to work itself in that's all it's trying to do it's like burrowing into a fucking hole gets a little anchor and then it just yeah that's why we call abstinence Take abstinence farther than just not drinking and using. Abstinence has a much broader meaning. 
you abstain from these invitations of being the one who did this and not did that, you know? And of course, what you did and didn't do was so important because it's getting the meaning from the you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You see, it was a perfect example how it just takes root. It goes, the first, the first like little, what do you call it, spud or something? The first growth got not noticed, and then it grows into a tree, and now your job is trimming the leaves. <laughs> you become a landscaper. Instead of making no Petri dish, no fucking thing pops out. Don't give it any growth. And because as soon as it gets that first thing, your attention interest is going to water the hell out of it. Oh, I shouldn't have my... I was much better when I wasn't a plant. Water, <laughs> leaves, leaves, tons of leaves. Then you, then you, of course, it seems so real. I gotta manage it, you know. Then you're lost in a way. You're lost in that mental jungle. I don't care how sharp your machete is; it outgrows the the the, the quickness of your fucking swings. Yeah, because every time it grows and has importance, you seem to be there. Just get to the root. Don't let that take a hold, because it will grow all over fucking everything. Much easier. It's, there's a freedom. It's available prior to the idea of being bound. Prior to it. The freedom does not come after the bondage, because there is no real bondage. The freedom is prior to the bondage. The bondage is a seemingly so. It's appearing to be true. And I don't care how real it's going to be. You're going to pass away as an actual figure here. And there's not going to be one mark of it at all in the space of this place. Not one. Your history isn't going to be illuminated in the ethers. Where people, oh, he was so bad. He was the worst. No, no, no. <sighs> Everything is blown. It's like, it's like a, what is that thing? Extra sketch. Everything gets erased every day, you know? It's the mind bound in time that wants to forage in the past and fucking plant that crop into the future. Ah, free, man, free. Wouldn't it be nice to be free from that bondage today? Well, I'm saying you are. It's up to you in a way. You want it to be real? If you want to get it, if you want to feel special and unique, this ain't the message. <laughs> Selfing is the message, really. Selfing, you'll feel as unique and as special as possible. This is about ordinary dog shit awareness, really. It's not that, it's really not that romantic or exciting. It really isn't. I don't even have a picture of a past saint here. I don't have a, we're not selling leisure suits. We don't have any cult-like tendencies. <laughs> we come here, we have a good time, we go have coffee. We don't go do penance on Mount Tam for five hours, which would be nice. Yeah. Long time ago, I heard you do the, with the dog shit on your lawn thing. Oh, uh, yes. You still, still do that? Yes, I do that occasionally. <laughs> but not now. No. We had a long morning already. <laughs> okay. So you're Come not back. mad at me for being late at the time thing? What? Sorry. Oh, no, no. That's it's just been a long day already. And I'm getting hot here. The uh, previous visits you had some t shirts on the table. You still have no, them? I have documentaries, though. And we have t-shirts also. You got to get some t-shirts. Bring back to Switzerland. I mean, Sweden. No, we put out a new documentary. A guy who makes films did a documentary of us. And uh, it's pretty nice. He's good, eh? Is he? Chris likes it. Deb likes it. I haven't seen it yet, so. But I don't like watching it, those things. No. So, yeah, I have them for sale. And if you're interested in t-shirts, I have four different styles. 
Some with Zen bitch slap on, some without. Because I know people some don't like the Zen bitch slap. Oh, I like to see them. Hmm? Yeah, I have them in the car. I'll bring them out. So we'll end with, uh, oh, we'll pass the basket, right? Here. Here's the, uh, there was no basket. Oh, can you pass that? I'll bring the shirts in. I'll bring the shirts in.